0: You heard a lot of people screaming, and then a lot of people running to see what it was. An eyewitness describing one of Israel's deadliest civilian accidents that happened on April 30th. At least 45 killed, hundreds hurt. What went wrong? Over 100,000 had gathered to celebrate the birthday of 2nd century Rabbi Shimon at the base of Mount Moron, not too far from the Sea of Galilee. This event has happened for many years, but this year it ended in tragedy. The Israeli government is investigating. Did the police close off an exit? Were safety guidelines ignored? Time will tell. The Bible tells us crowds pressed in as Jesus taught in the Galilee region. Mark 5 speaks of a woman who had bled for 12 years. She reached out through the crowd and caught the hem of Jesus' coat. She was healed. He said it was because of her faith. Are you trusting in Christ alone, through faith alone, today? Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, And we're in a series this week called Worshiping with the Early Church. We've been listening to what scholars have called the Odes of Solomon. Many historians believe that this comes from the church's first hymn book. In some ways, the odes are kind of like a letter that was tucked away for 2,000 years. Scholars knew about them, and they had pieces of them in different languages found all over the first century Roman world, but... This is the first time that we can hear these words translated to English and have them set to music. And in a moment, we're going to hear from Dr. James Charlesworth at Princeton. He's the one who translated the Odes of Solomon into English. And later, we're going to hear from music producer John Schreiner, who helped set those words to music. Have you ever wondered how the early church worshiped? How did early Christians celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the first day of the week? They wouldn't have been worshiping in sanctuaries or tall, grand cathedrals, but they would have been in house churches or even in caves when they were persecuted, many having to worship in secret. They were worshiping out of the watchful eye of the authorities. What kind of songs would they have been singing? How would these first Christians have worshiped Jesus Christ who would have been walking on earth in some of their lifetimes? Wouldn't you like to lift up your voice to the Lord with some of the same lyrics they were using? Well, you can. For the first time in 2000 years, these early hymns of the Christian church have been translated into English and set to music and we can worship as well in the next few minutes. We'll be listening to what scholars have called the Odes, the Odes of Solomon. But first, I want to suggest you get a copy of this CD. I want to send you the Odes Project as my way of saying thank you for your support, your gift to Haven today. So why don't you call us after the program at 800 654 2836? 800 654 2836. Or in a few minutes, just visit our website. And if you've got a moment, click on our blog. And there you'll find a treasure trove of information about the odes, scholarly data, if this has caught your attention like it has so many other listeners. You can also listen to samples of the 14 odes that we have on this special CD. Our web address after the program, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now let's get started. And listen to some of the music of the early church. We open with Ode Number 12 Glow Through Me.
1: He filled me with his truth, so I sing of his beauty.
0: You're listening to Haven Today, called Worshiping with the Early Church. Ode number 12, flow through me from the Ode's Project CD that we're offering you for your generous support of the ministry. Sometimes the world doesn't always seem to reflect reality. If you look into a mirror, what do you see? Do you see someone who loves Jesus or someone who loves themselves? In Ode 13, the words speak of Christ as being our mirror. I had the privilege of visiting with Dr. James Charlesworth in Princeton. There on the university and seminary campuses next to each other, we talked about this special ode. I asked Professor Charlesworth, who translated all these odes into English, if there was an ode that really stood out to him.
2: We have 42 odes. Among the 42, one really stands out. And let me read it in in my translation to you. All right. to me it's beautiful one of the most beautiful poems ever written Behold our Lord is the mirror open your eyes and see them in him and learn the manner of your face then announce praise to his spirit and wipe the paint from your face then love his holiness and put it on and you will be unblemished at all times before Him. Hallelujah. Now, let me help you understand it again. Behold, our mirror is the Lord. Now, what is a mirror? Uh, We're talking about something from the second century. Right. Now, when you look into a mirror, you see your face. Yes. So, you look into the mirror and you see the manner of your face. So, to me, it's very important because there's another mirror that is so famous in antiquity. Narcissist looks into a mirror. Mm -hmm. He sees his image, he falls in love with himself and eventually is so infatuated he has to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Well, the opposite of that is what we have in this Ode. Our mirror is the Lord. Look into it and see the manner of yourself. Look at the manner of your face and remove the blemish, the ugly things from your face and you will be at all times unblemished with him. So, you do have a phrase at all times, you will be immortal and you will be filled with His Holiness. So that is the mirror that we are offered, whereas the other world offers us the mirror that shows us our face and we think we're good looking and eventually we kill ourselves. Obviously, we would like to be unblemished, we would like to be filled with His Holiness and we'd like to be at all times. Close to Him, So the Lord is our
0: mirror. Our mirror is the Lord. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And the program is called Worshiping with the Early Church. As Dr. Charlesworth just mentioned, our mirror is the Lord. Look at the Lord, and you see yourself. You learn the manner of your face. You see who you are in Him. And you start to understand that in Christ you are righteous, you're even beautiful, you're pure, and you're infinitely precious. Looking into the face of Jesus is like looking into the light. Your own face begins to reflect His beauty. As Ode 15 puts it, His light has dismissed all darkness from my face. As the sun- Joining me on this haven today in a series called Worshiping with the Early Church, and that was Ode Number 15, Eternal Life Has Risen. As Professor Charlesworth told us in our time together a few moments ago, knowing the myth of Narcissus helps us to get the full impact of what it means for the Lord to be our mirror. In the first and second century, the gospel was breaking into a world steeped in the mythology of the Greek gods, The early believers would have known the story of Narcissus, of how, when he was 16 years old, he was so handsome that all the nymphs fell in love with him. He wasn't interested. And finally, one was so hurt that she prayed to the gods, may he love himself and not gain the thing he loves. Her prayer was answered. Narcissus saw his own reflection and fell in love with himself and finally died because he couldn't have the thing he loved. That's where the word narcissism comes from, and isn't it amazing how up-to-date that story is? We live in a world and culture that constantly tells us to love what we see in the mirror. It was the same for the earliest Christians. Their mirrors weren't as clear, but you could still see yourself in them. In fact, if you'd like to see what a mirror looks like. Go to our website, haventoday.org. There you'll see Professor Charlesworth using a mirror from the first or second century like would have been around at the time the scriptures were written. But the man who wrote the odes had found a totally different kind of mirror. And so can we. Instead of staring into the mirror and either loving or hating the image we see reflected back, we can look at Jesus. Now that's a relief. Instead of looking in the mirror and taking our identity from the image we see there, we can look at Jesus. We can feast our eyes on His beauty. We can be transformed by His glory. And we can find our identity in Him. We can understand who we are by seeing Him. He became like us, so we could become like Him. That's the gospel. That's the good news. He became like us, so we could become like Him. When we look at Jesus, we see our true identity. We are in him. Paul says it countless times in his letters to the churches. Churches that would have been singing the odes. We who have believed in Christ are in Christ. We are one with him. We are united to him. He is the firstborn of a new creation, and we have been recreated in his image. Colossians 3, 9-11 You have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all and is in all. Did you hear that from Colossians 3? Christ is all. He is our new identity. He is our new self. He is our mirror. Instead of striving to re-image ourselves, we can look at him and see who we really are. Most of the time, we are a pretty big discouragement to ourselves. We look at ourselves and we see our own image reflected back. And it's not a pretty picture, is it? Usually. Our self-image is unstable. It changes. Depending on whether or not we need to lose weight. Depending on whether we've received a compliment from someone or a criticism. A friend of ours was describing how she would get all dressed up for a date with her husband. She was feeling young and hip until the whippersnapper at the movie theater just assumed she qualified for the senior discount. Her self-image aged quickly, about 10 years, in the blink of an eye. We need to stop defining ourselves by ourselves. We need to look to Jesus and define ourselves in Him. He is who we are. He is our identity we need to soak it in. We need to receive what is already true, not what we have to strive to become, but who we already are in Christ. That's what's so beautiful about the odes. They help us to soak it in and to simply rest in what God has done for us in Christ. John Schreiner is the one who took the odes that Professor Charlesworth translated into English and set them to music. As he worked with them, he began to rest more and more in the beauty of what has already been accomplished, what is already true. John, as you first began to study the odes, before you ever began to write music to go with them, I know it was a spiritual journey, you've told me that. Would you mind sharing
3: with us how they affected you? There's a sense of peace that pervades the odes, and and that is because ode after ode keeps saying that God has formed us, he has joined himself to us, he has clothed us in righteousness, joy, and love, mm. and he is with us, he's He's planted us in his garden, he's taken care of us, and we don't need to fear. So it was very uplifting.
0: That's certainly a message for today, isn't it,
3: John? Oh, oh boy. Yeah, absolutely. So when it came to the music, I, I tried to do After spending so much time studying and thinking and and, um, meditating over these things, I tried to make music that I thought would be peaceful but also inclusive. Like I I learned about the um, responsive singing um, called antiphonal singing where Mm -hmm. one person would chant and then other people would have uh, pre-arranged responses. And so I wanted to do that to make, um, if anybody did use these things, that they would be used in a way that involved everybody
0: because early hymns uh sung in the early church uh, they didn't all have them in writing and not everybody could read so it's how you learned the music isn't
3: it right yeah absolutely and it also sing in that in that way style of music where you sing call and response it gives freedom for the people with the vocal gifts to use their talents but then also doesn't leave them um alone showing off in in, in front of the group, they're singing to the group, and then the group sings back to them. And I wanted to really implement that in the odes.
0: It's also good for people who can't sing so well like me, maybe. Uh, (laughs) It gives me an opportunity to join the crowd and sing back praises to the Lord, too. Grace pouring forth like a
4: fountain flowing our hearts open wide to sing your praise, and our sound becomes sweet with your anthems ringing. Praise to the name of the Lord. Sing you Sing. All Hallelujah! Sing hallelujah! In Your light, You shine forever. Shine in us, O oh Lord, forever. We're the
0: Bernardo Ortega singing Ode 40, sing Alleluia here on this Haven Today and a series called Worshiping with the Early Church. Wouldn't it be amazing to worship with the early church, to sing and give praise to God with those who knew Jesus face to face? That's what we've been doing for the last few minutes. And we were able to do that thanks to the discovery of the earliest Christian hymns outside of the Bible. Scholars have had some of them in pieces, but it was just over a hundred years ago that they found the largest collection ever discovered, and they knew what it was. Professor Charlesworth, who we heard from over the last few minutes, he did his PhD on the Odes at Duke University, and these go back to the first century, and we have for you the Odes Project CD that transcends the generations of Christianity and reaches back to the roots of our faith. As you already know, the music is unique and it touches hearts in a special way. So may I invite you to be as generous as you possibly can because we're a listener-supported ministry. Would you call us right now? Would you make your gift to Haven today? But be sure and ask for a copy of the Ode's Project. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836. That's 800 Or Remember, all that resource material we have on our website under our blog and the program series. You can listen to samples of all of the odes on this CD. You can watch a couple of different videos, and then you can make your gift and ask for a copy, and we'll send it out to you right away. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together this great story, the story that's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's hard to picture a time you can't remember, the day of your birth, for example. 385,000 babies are born every day. What makes your birth special? It was appointed by God. Ecclesiastes says there is a time to be born, but a time to die. Our first and final days are appointed. There is another crucial day in the life of every believer, the day we are born again and die to sin. It's all because of Jesus. Paul says he was born in the fullness of time and that he died at just the right time. So if it is true for Jesus, it is true for you as well. All your days are in his hand. So trust in him. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.